Good evening. This is another episode of the Material Podcast After Dark. This is episode number 321. I'm your host, Florence Ion, and I'm joined here by Andy Anako. Hi, Andy. Hello. Isn't it cool? I just realized that we have, uh, it's 321. It's a, it's like the, <laughs> the, the second thing that you try to teach your child in terms of numbers that they can go down as well as up. I'm so tired. I didn't even, they didn't even register with me. Um, I, I've just, oh, I've only been thinking about the Samsung Z Flip 3. I mean, that's that's all that I've been thinking about. That's all I've given my brain. It's all anybody can think about. I mean, I went I went out to their grocery store and people just even you know, even know I'm into tech and they said, "Hey, does this does this grapefruit look ripe and have you heard about the folding Samsung phone? I'm concerned that the new that the the Exynos processor is not up to the task." It's not an Exynos processor, though. Oh, it's a Qualcomm yeah. processor. Well, yeah, that's, that's why, again, you can't. How, how can you trust somebody who doesn't even know, like, what a fresh grapefruit looks like about what the CPU? I actually have no idea, like, how I would shop for a grapefruit. But I also don't really like grapefruit because for me, it leaves that little bitter aftertaste. I'm one of those. Isn't it like every person tastes things just slightly a little different because yes. of, like, genetic makeup? So I have a feeling my genetic makeup is predisposed against the flavor of grapefruit. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're in that like four week period, maybe three week period in which you can actually get peaches that taste good. Cause un- unfortunately, Oh, is like, this I, the time of year? I guess so. Because this, uh, like I, I keep meaning to have a chart on my phone about when uh, fruits are actually in season, because sometimes it'll be like December, like, Oh, peaches. I haven't had peaches in a while. And you realize <laughs> hot house peaches. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and they shipped them from like all across, from like uh, across the, like 8,000 miles away. And like, Oh, they're, they're peach shaped objects. They don't taste, they don't have any flavor. Can you believe that? Can yeah. you believe how far some of the fruit travels and like in almonds and all that? Like it's, it's kind of bad. <laughs> Like, it's actually, like, you shouldn't, I, I'm, look, I'm sure this is an unpopular opinion, but, and I, I definitely speak from a total, uh, stage of privilege being from California and being that we grow a lot of food for the United States, but (laughs) should you be eating things that are out of season? Like, I understand that when you go to Scandinavia, the food is really boring in the winter, but that's because nothing is growing in the winter. Well, I just... See my my thing is I just want uh, I just want things to taste like what they're supposed to taste like versus some sort of ge- I mean look there's nothing wrong with GMOs but yeah you don't want something that like a hothouse tomato is it's not it's not the same thing as a tomato that was like grown on a vine yeah, in like should, grandma's backyard it's like these these things they have texture but not flavor like, like they just but, taste like water on the inside. Yeah, and like, you, and yeah. you feel like you feel like uh, maybe I should just go to like the the kids beverage aisle and get like high C fruit punch because at least it tastes <laughs> like something. It's completely artificial, like water, like watermelon Capri Sun. It's like okay, at least it tastes like watermelon, artificial, but at least it tastes like that thing. Mm, God bless yellow five high fructose corn syrup, and also the flavor blue raspberry. Who knew blue raspberries <laughs> existed in this world? Um, it's, part, uh, it's, it's it's part of the user interface. It's, that that was not an obvious choice because if a, if a beverage is orange, we expect it to be orange. If it's brown, we expect it to be cola. If it's if it's red, Correct. we expect it to be. We will we will accept either cherry or fruit punch. Lemon should be lemonade. But mm-hmm. what is the flavor of blue? There had to have been like a discussion about oh, but uh, 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 grape. Well, no, that's already purple. Well, blueberry. Well, people don't really drink blueberry. Like, how about raspberry? Well, that's red again. So mm. there needs to be like the the same the the, the same international standards board that approves. Uh, the standards for light switches and emoji should get on like colors of of, uh, of of flavored punches. Yeah, too bad there wasn't a Mad Men episode about the revelation of the blue raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I guess I want to talk about the Z Flip. I don't know. I really, what I really wanted to talk about though, I, it's not even that I really want to talk about it. I just want to like bring it to the forefront very quickly. <laughs> just bring yep. some shine a light on it, which is that California is currently in the midst of a recall election right now, which you might all, all be wondering like what? I, yeah. I, 
I have to say, I totally don't get that. I totally don't get yeah, the idea it, that it's, unless, it's unless the money. person has just murdered somebody and we think, well, I think that the governor's going to be distracted by defending himself against this murder. And perhaps on that basis, he or she should step down. Uh, and usually the people, those people, at least in Massachusetts, they have the good taste to say, you know what? I'm just going to back off. I'm going to hand it over to the lieutenant governor, and that's good. I don't understand the right. concept of we don't like this governor anymore. We want a new governor. Let's have a brand new election because it's it's bad enough that uh, it's bad enough that elected officials have to be working on the next campaign almost as soon as the old first campaign is over with. Bad enough, but it's even worse when I have to make sure that I have to run an interim campaign in the middle of it. It I just don't get it. Yes, and I understand that this is like not whatever tech adjacent, but A, it's my lived experience right now. And it's okay. like, I don't really know how to go about it because I do want to like run around and scream like, this is a waste of freaking money. <laughs> um, but on the other end, there's like a crap ton of people that are running against him. So basically you're voting yes or no, whether to recall him. And if you're voting yes that vote will go through and then they're going to ask us to choose a candidate, which is a scary part. So um, a friend of mine, Tim Baraboo, uh, he actually used to be at Wirecutter. Uh, he recently put together some help. Like he was, he was reading through the pamphlet, which I just kind of skimmed at this point. And um, he's just kind of picking out like who is who, who's running, like what stands out. And he found something that I just wanted to bring to the podcast because this is every time we talk about YouTube, I feel like, I don't know, I guess I need to be validated for the conclusions that we've come to on this podcast. And this guy is running in the recall race. Uh, his name is Jeremiah Marciniak, I'm assuming is how you say his last name. <laughs> but I don't really care uh, to give him that respect because the only thing that he put down in the description box in the pamphlet and uh, in official election uh, PDFs that are being circulated is watch YouTube. That's it. <laughs> he didn't even like he, he so he's not running on any party. He's not running with any party. He has no no party preference. It just, oh sorry, it says search YouTube, which is even worse actually, because it's telling. <laughs> so, and it, he doesn't even by the way include punctuation. He writes it kind of like a headline or like a subhead maybe. Whereas you know both <laughs> both a search and YouTube are capitalized, so it's just very like search YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we all know it's... what he's trying to say. Yeah. Okay, because if you're not paying for YouTube premium to get rid of those awful, awful ads, even even if even if you are and you're just, let's say, innocently watching a beautiful, beautifully animated Pokemon anime that they just put out overseas in Japan and you're like, oh, my God, this is so cute. And then the next thing that's on the um, play next list is some garbage Pokemon knockoff cartoon that is like the remember back in the flash days it would be like this really gory animation it was you know it was crappy animation but it was really gory so it just kind of still like made you feel gross yeah that's what I was served after watching my really beautiful like serene Pokemon anime and that's what this guy is telling people to do. So I'm just, A, I wanted to bring a little bit of attention to the fact that this ridiculousness is going on and wasting my tax money. And B, I wanted to bring to the forefront that this is not the only person that was in this pamphlet, like talking about things that he has. I mean, granted, he told us just watch YouTube, but a lot of other candidates were actually citing things that I know for sure have come from the church of YouTube or the school of YouTube, as you, as it were. Yeah. <sighs> Heavy sigh. There, there are a lot of connections between like that kind of wackoism and, of course, Google, chiefly because of like how much influence, how much of a presence that Google has in our lives. Like so, to, uh, I think uh, today one of the Big news, big uh, like national news stories was that somebody parked their truck at the Library of Congress and claimed to like mm -hmm. have a toolbox filled Sorry, with trigger warning, trigger warning, Sorry, by the I'll, way, for uh, for anybody uh, Sorry, content I'll do, warning. I'll do that. I'll do that over again. 
there was another piece of yeah. One of the big pieces of news today, and I should preface this by saying trigger warning if you want to skip ahead past this, but there was a, uh, a, a, a an individual decided to uh, park mm-hmm. his uh, pickup truck uh, out at the Library of Congress, and they he claimed to have like a toolbox filled with Amphar. It's going to blow things up. There was a, it just he he was streaming on Facebook, and we don't really have any idea why he was. And he he basically had his usual the the, the stereotypical beefs with Congress. And now there's there's speculation as to, he didn't see he didn't seem to have a good uh, any kind of a plan or really think this through at all. Uh, at the end, he was telling like the people who were in, who were negotiating with him, "I just want to go home now." And uh, apparently, not really realizing that, well, you're not going home. You're not going directly home. You might have to wait eight to fifteen years before you go home because oh, again, bomb threats. And and but but the the Google component of this is the speculation that again he was not trying to attack the library of congress he wanted to get in on that some of that sweet sweet january 6th insurrection a- action and some people pointed on out that august 19th yeah i don't know it's well he was he, he was a little bit a little behind late, on his mail i don't know it took a maybe his, his truck was in the shop whatever but the but the the point is that a lot of people were like speculating that well if you if you go to google maps and ask for directions to to Congress, it will take you to the Library of Congress and not like the House of Representatives. And perhaps this is exactly what happened because I totally didn't piece that together. I know. I mean, it's it's terrible because this is a very <laughs> and this kind of brain with access to much much more dangerous stuff that he apparently had access to could have created a great disaster. However, it's like honestly. <laughs> Because a lot, a lot of speculation. It's the internet, what, man. What, what it's is this? What is this beef against the Library of Congress? What could he possibly? But of course, it resulted in the evacuation of a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of DC, yeah. and of course, the Library of mm-hmm. Congress, where lots of research was happening at the same time. But that uh, that says something about the power of uh, of private institutions to affect uh, actual events. Listen, while we're on this topic, and I know this is kind of a heavy chat when I was just teasing y'all with a flip phone uh, mention, but part of the reason I think in my heart of hearts that this recall election is happening is because of just the massive rampant misinformation that gets spread around because a lot of people are saying that our governor didn't do his job during the pandemic and that's why blah, blah, blah. Like, Look, he's not a he's not a perfect dude. Um, I lived in the city when he was mayor of San Francisco, and I, I know I know what kind of politician he is, but way better than the rest of the mm, offerings that are coming up in the bill. Uh, granted, that's my political uh, opinion. <laughs> that's <laughs> my own subjective opinion, but. <sighs> It's gonna get it's gonna get hotter out there, y'all guys. Especially like with oh my god, oh my god, what's going on in Afghanistan? And just like we're in 2021, the internet has changed exponentially from the internet that we had in the early aughts. Yeah. Part of the reason we talk a lot about that on this podcast is because of just we've seen this progression of how things have sort of manifested, and we're kind of like, hello, <laughs> hazard lights over here. <laughs> um. I probably should change the mood, though, and we should maybe talk about something a little jovial, which is this cute little darn phone that I showed you last yes. week, except now it has a case on it. They they sent me a case. Um, nice. So my review of the Galaxy Z Flip 3 is up on gizmodo.com. So if nobody wants to go read that, uh, please do. I worked really hard on it, so I would appreciate your support on my work. But I'll tell you, Andy... If Google does this form factor next, I'm screwed. <laughs> Cause I I it's it's really grown on me. It's cute. It's pocketable. They give now that they sent me this little case, I can actually like hold on to it. It, look, it looks like you're a giant who's going to work with this little this tiny human size attache case. Mm-hmm, has that little yeah. loop like at the at the hinge. Exactly. Uh but I will tell you it's uh it's it's very yeah, this thing's growing on me. Yeah. But it's so like large and narrow. And so one of the things that I brought up in my review was how reliant I am on the pop socket. Yeah. 
this because I've had this pop socket. It's on every case for every single phone I've used since I adopted the first generation uh, Google Pixel. That very first one, it was when I was like, you know what? These I actually got the Pixel XL, mm-hmm. and so that was a little that was a little big at the time. <laughs> How far we've come, but now phones have gotten more narrower. They're longer, so they're a little less stabilized how should i say and so having that pop socket on the back really helps just kind of like yeah with the grip it, and i don't it exactly and i don't have that with the z flip because this is a big screen this is 6.7 inches yeah that's a tall phone yeah that's the, the thing that I, i'm i'm with you i have this <laughs> i have the sorry same, i'm holding not, it funny <laughs> uh I, I have the same not con- not a concern but uh question about how, what it's going to be like to usually most uh, maybe the forty percent of the time I'm taking my phone out of my pockets to take a picture or something. Oh, um, and so I'm wondering yeah. what that extra step of unfolding it will do. Super annoying. Or it's super if, annoying. Okay, so the yeah, because the primary lenses on that Samsung are on the same side as that that little like color screen that's mm-hmm. on the outside. For mm-hmm. me, it would be like, oh my God, if I could have this, if I could have the, the screen on the other side, so I could just hold it up like a camera, take a snapshot, then put it back in my pocket. But it's for selfies, Selfie. I know. I know, but here's the other thing is it makes you think really hard about the demographic that they're trying to kind of yeah. position this toward because when I was in the grocery store or it was last weekend, Mona has been in this real like, strong, strong girl situation. She's just been like lifting things and pushing things. (laughs) So she decided to push. She wanted to get out. She was bored of sitting in the carts. She wanted to get out and push the cart around the store. We were near the end of the shopping trip and this was a really big like replenish trip. I spent like Mm -hmm. a lot of money, you know, replenishing everything. This kid is just pushing this big ass cart around the grocery store. I'm like, okay, we're going to the right. I'm just kind of helping her steer it. She's just like pushing it with her tiny little body. So I wanted to get a picture of it because I was like, oh my God, this is adorable. I want to get like a little video. And so I like take the Z flip out. I had it in my fanny pack because fanny packs are back in again. And I'm like, uh, fumbling to get this thing open. I didn't have the case on it. So I had nothing to like grip my finger through. Yeah. And that was where I ran into the complication because then the phone started to slip out of my hand a little bit. I struggled to get grip. As I'm focusing on all of this, the moment is completely gone. And then by the time I had finally opened it, double pressed the because I'm so used to the mechanism of double pressing the power button. Right. So even if you're telling me I'm opening it, and it's unlocked, I'm still going to go for that power button. And because I did that, it just took way too long and I had completely missed the moment. And I remember that moment and I was like, ugh, I got to note this in my review because this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> This isn't like me whipping out the OnePlus 9, which is what I'm using. I already know where the pop socket is. I just right. kind of grab it out of my pocket, let's say. My pocket, which is too small. So it's kind of hanging out anyway double press the power button and boom, I've already got like the situation on video. So it's all these like little, these little things that you have to really rework your life around. And part of it is that it's, you don't have muscle memory for dealing with a folding phone. So I bet that it just takes a while to figure out. (laughs) It's been 10 years since I used a, more than 10 years since I've used a, absolute flip phone and so i'm not used to that mechanism at all and uh a thousand dollars is not a a, it's a lot of money okay but it's for a smartphone of this caliber it's not a lot but it is still such a big purchase even with like trading in things because they really want to encourage people to trade in right trade in your stuff get it recycled like let us take your old stuff which by the way i did i um i bought pre-ordered a galaxy i know we're kind of going along here and i apologize but i pre-ordered a galaxy watch active four i'm trading in my old watch active and i'm sorry not watch active but just watch four and then also i got butts (laughs) i'm trading in the other butts too so yeah, no, I, I, we, we, I know we do have to go to go to break, but yeah, I'm, I am in the same boat because I'm, I'm eyeing the Pixel Six. I'm, I'm hoping that it's as good as I'm hoping it will be, because then will be very, very tempting to do that upgrade. But also, Apple it looks like is coming out with the first like oh, no. major like redo of the iPad Mini, 
which is one of my favorite oh. like tablets of all time. And you just even, bought a I did indeed. Again, you're I'm sorry. You're, you're saying it's, you're, it's not my it's, it's not my ab- place. It's absolutely it's absolutely correct for you to point it out. This is stuff that I'm <laughs> repeating to myself that but you already spent and it wasn't a small amount of money that you spent on this 12.9 inch iPad Pro and I'm saying, "Yes, but this tiny one is the one that I could carry with me like when I don't even have any intention of using a computer because it could be like, oh, you're going to don't do this, honey. And so I'm, I'm really I'm really like facing I'm, I'm really facing this thing where I have to remind myself that the fact that the, the weird thing is that the fact that I'm spending so much on what I uh, I can objectively say are important and much, much, much delayed hardware upgrades. It's like, okay, so I sp- spent like fifteen, sixteen hundred thousand, sixteen hundred dollars on the new laptop, uh, fifteen hundred dollars on the new iPad. Uh, that again, both of which were just ancient as hell, need to be replaced. Uh, like a thousand dollars on the new camera that was seven years old and is working out very, right. very well for you. See, on the see the the logical reaction if you have like a normal brain is, wow, we really need. To, again, we wouldn't have paid, we wouldn't have bought this if they weren't necessary and they weren't within our. We hadn't planned for these expenses, but yeah. nonetheless, we should really taper back on the expenses. But the other part is, well. Why not make it an even ten thousand dollars? We're blowing on hardware. Let's let's get the let's get the quadcopter and let's get the 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 iPad Mini and let's get. You don't need the quadcopter. I know I don't. But I'm... but for the things that we do for a living, you know, unfortunately, society doesn't value us as much as I wish they did. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, like, it really does help to have a a recent camera hardware. It helps to have a computer that can, you know, it's. Uh, essentially your work truck for you, you will probably be doing a lot more, uh, between state traveling, you know, going from one state to another and you need to have that portability. These are all things that we have started thinking about again, even though we still have no idea when we're supposed to be back in the office or when we're supposed to be officially having meetings or, (sighs) but I will tell you one thing, Andy, don't know if I'm getting out of CES next year because they might be requiring vaccinations. Dear. Like proof of vaccination, which means it's going to happen. <laughs> Pray for me. Um, okay. So we are going into, we're going into today's episode. We're going to just kind of let you know, we're going to be talking about the Pixel 5a. All right. It's going to happen. Don't worry. It's coming up right next. And then we're going to talk about, we We've really, really heard a lot through this Epic versus Google case. Like little snippets have been coming out. It's like a blind item meets a gossip column. And instead of hashtag free Britney, it's hashtag free the games or something only, akin to that. Only the great thing is we don't have to feel guilty about, oh my God. I mean, I it's what a what a horrible, shocking revelation, but I feel bad that someone like broke into their phone and stole their private text messages. It's like, no, 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 no. This is like the open this these are public documents unsealed uh on the epic versus google google court mm-hmm. case so we actually are legally allowed to take a look at their like their their their, their super top secret double heart diary that they keep under their pillow no no it's part of, it's part of the official record now it's okay all what right is, so let's google, get our... what are your hopes and dreams and fears <laughs> exactly we're gonna take the tiny little screwdriver and go into the tiny little lock and we're just gonna bust it open I may or may not be speaking from experience of someone who did it to me. Let's take a break so I can go deal with my trauma of that. This episode of Material is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. If you have a website, what purpose does it serve? Whether it's driving people to your products, collecting sales leads for your company, or providing customer service with a contact form, when these critical transactions fail, you lose out on business not to mention the bad experience for your users. But there is a solution, transaction monitoring from Pingdom. Starting at just $10 a month, transaction monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and will alert you when cart checkout, forms, or login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment there is a failure over SMS, email, or via your favorite apps like Slack, OpsGenie, and PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can customize who's alerted and how they get the notification. 
Don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know. And it's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to buy, use offer code material at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, in today's world, honestly, a $450 phone is completely worth the headline. The thing is, things cost way too much money in this yes. day and age, and Google knows that, so it's really throwing all it can towards its A-series line of devices now because it's no longer just a smartphone. It's also, we're seeing they're going to go accessories with it as well, as we saw with the Pixel Buds. Yeah, with the Buds. Um, All right, so the Pixel 5a with 5G, it was uh, announced this week to no fanfare, but influencers posting about it and then the journalists posting their (laughs) reviews. That was a fun moment on Twitter, just seeing everybody go, wait a minute, there's supposed to be an embargo today. (laughs) Just like watching it, (laughs) eating my popcorn, getting butter all over the Z Flip 3. (laughs) So, um, well, Pixel 5a with 5G is not the, it's, it's not the most beautiful name, but it gets the point across, which is that this is a budget phone from the A series line and it's got 5G compatibility. You can pre order it now if you wanted to for 450 bucks. The reviews are mostly positive. I've been seeing a lot of my in the industry friends just kind of posting to social media, enjoying the last remnants of summer with the phones that they're <laughs> reviewing. And as expected, the Pixel 5a seems to be working on par with the 4a and the 3a. And it's the way that they sort of took that camera capabilities of the Pixel and made it available to the masses, which is SMRT smart, as Homer Simpson would say. So um, it's mostly kind of the same thing as last year's 4a with 5G, same size and appearance, same CPU, same system memory, storage, and a 60 hertz screen. That, by the way, is what really helps give it the stellar battery life, because I will tell you, with the increase in the display hertz, whatever it's called, the refresh rate, it's also sucking up a lot more of that battery life. So it's a trade-off. I get a really smooth Pokeball in Pokemon Go, yes. <laughs> but my I, battery goes that, real that's, fast. That's why I, I, I'm, I kind of am disappointed with reviewers. So I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that this maker is actually trying to sell a 60 hertz screen phone. Like in t- it's 2021, so, people. That's, and that's, that's like, not yeah, a but, fair, you're not looking at the market who this phone is for. Yeah, no, but I'm, but I'm, I'm saying that, no, I, I wish that we're a more balanced thing where, that, yes. Okay, well, it doesn't have 60 hertz, but that means that there, there, there are a lot of people for whom if you would like to have your screen a little bit more fluid when you scroll and when you game it's and literally stuff like all that, it is. or, or would you rather have like an extra half a day or full day of it's battery? literally just a little bit of smoothness. I mean, yeah. is it nice? Yeah, but it sucks up battery life, as you'll yeah. find out if you read, by the way, my Z Flip review, because... This only has 3,300 milliamp battery and 120 hertz refresh rate. Yeah, that's... <laughs> anyway, larger batteries, nearly two days of battery life for the Pixel 5a with 5G. That's very hard to say I fast. Already, I already hate that. It's like, uh, we, I thought we went, we went through this with Google Chromecast with Google TV. That's a lot of syllables for... Yeah, and we also now we also have to do it with Wear OS by Samsung and Google too. Like, I just... I know you're, yeah, exactly. Do we have, do we Why have to we read this? the entire credits list? Do we have to say Star Wars? My name by... isn't Florence Ion, mother of Mona. Like, <laughs> like those aren't, that's not. Like, oh, you should be holding up a spear as you say it. I am Pixel Florence 5A Ion. with 5G. With 5G. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, powered IP6... by Google in the Play Store. Exactly. <laughs> well, they They would like that. IP67 water resistance, which is good. Uh, the only color is mostly black instead of just black. Some people have gone as far as to say it's like a navy-ish. Green, yeah, I'm hearing greenish. Yeah, 
it's but I, I like I like the fact that they that Google kind of leans into this that say oh well, we're going to describe it as mostly black okay so it's not as black as the soul of the most evil person you can think of right now it's most you'll agree that it's black but it could be blacker and now this year is last year was just black so it's just that's all we can say about it it's just black can can I just make a quick incredible digression side note here is that as we talk about colors, I can't help but think about how badly I want to find out what my aura color is. <laughs> so, so you can get a, so you can get a pop socket that will match that aura. So you don't I want mean, to have right a, now it's a Sanrio pop socket. So I'm, I'm laying claim to at least one corporation. Which, which, which uh, Pantheon bots Maru, hello kitty. No, it's a, it's just a, a bunch of them. Um, there's a cinnamon roll and pumperin oh, okay. and Kuropi and, Little twin stars, Pachaco. <sighs> it feels I'm, good being I'm, an adult and buying all the things nobody would buy you when you were a kid. Exactly. Anyway, it's like if I if I if I want like a sort of disappointed penguin cartoon on, on, on as a sticker on my five thousand dollar whatever, I can do that. No one can stop me. I have because I have the five thousand. Really, what adulthood that, is? Yeah, exactly. You just have a you just have a expensive car and an expensive house. That you go into debt for for the entirety of her life, but you could do whatever the heck you want to it, baby. <laughs> it's like, what What did you have for dinner last night? Well, I had a donut because I bought one for for for, for late breakfast. I didn't eat it. I wasn't that hungry, but I was going wanted to enjoy a donut. So, doggone it, at 7.30 p.m., I had a donut, and that was my entire dinner. See, kids are right. It is great being an adult. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. The Pixel yeah. 5a, however, is not without its... Well, I don't want to say this is a caveat yet because I want a little more... This just started coming into the vernacular today. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. Sorry for being late again, by the way, guys. Blame Samsung uh, <laughs> for the late podcast. So actually what happened was um, an independent reviewer, Adam Matlock, is credited with the discovery that Pixel 5a actually overheats when shooting the highest best quality video. Some tests have revealed this. So Adam actually reported that in a 70-degree air-conditioned office, his 5A threw up an overheat warning after shooting just a few minutes of 4K video at 60 frames per second. And then his findings were soon corroborated by others. I saw this coming in on Twitter. I saw some of the Android blogs start to cover it. The shooting at 30 frames per second, which is the standard shooting mode, seems to be fine. But that high-resolution one is kind kind of a bummer considering budget phone but i know that google is probably pushing like look at the high high resolution things and you can yet do with we it. didn't compromise on photo or video quality so yeah. hi uh we're pushing out a system update that will compromise on video quality because otherwise we don't want the phone to explode yeah and here's the other thing is i have been dealing with this with laptops I mean, you know, helping cover laptops and I cover Chromebooks too. And every time I cover a laptop, I do a temperature check because we all remember the olden days of laptops that would just basically burn your legs off. (laughs) I definitely do. I had to have like two books stacked underneath my dad's Toshiba like laptop. Otherwise, (laughs) my legs would just incinerate. So I I would like to get one of these in and, and stick a meat thermometer over it and see... <laughs> it's I do yeah. I do it with the kitchen I do it with the little infrared kitchen thermometer it's yeah just no, go in there and clock it in that's absolutely right as they keep trying to make these things more powerful but also making them more svelte and kind of compromising Less on heat airflow dissipating yeah. so you're not like exactly compromising I mean speaking airflow. speaking of spending money it's 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 finally got me thinking that you know maybe there is like a justification for me to buy a flare camera like you know, of a, a infrared uh, camera. Let me just send you, you the one that I have. You don't need to buy one. <laughs> okay. I have one. Doesn't I never use it? Oh. It's it's an it's one that sticks into your Android device. It's USB C and everything. I want I want the one that's like a that's like a radar gun. Oh and god. Can, like, okay. You. Oh, and it, oh I'm can, sorry. Like, and like okay. I, I can be like at my window. Like it's like ooh, I wonder if that person across the street is running a fever. Ooh, ninety nine point four. Okay. That's a little rear window situation going on here that I would like to caution you against. There's a reason that Hitchcock film is a uh, thriller. <laughs> yeah, but he was a you know, he had, he had a great camera. Also, Jimmy Stewart, one of our oh yeah, that's he, right. He, he had was that one of long... our most beloved 
uh, my most beloved uh, and trusted uh, film actors. But I will. But before we before we get off the topic, though, it's it As does do. create it does create like a kind of a problem for me. Like the five A with five G. Oh my God, I feel like I'm giving away one shred of my soul every time I say five A with five G. The new Pixel five A. The because there I I have two. There are two things that would attract me about replacing my current four uh, A. One would be uh, if one would be with something that's a huge upgrade. Like the like the Pixel Six supposedly would be, the other one would be a small upgrade that doesn't cost much at all. So the this is where this is where Google like hems me in with these five with these A A degree phones because four hundred forty nine dollars for a phone with these specs is really compelling to be able to upgrade to five G mm-hmm. instead of a four G phone. Um, I would also have a second lens instead of the one lens that's on my 4A. Uh, the better build quality. Mm. There, there are a bunch of stuff that if it were $559, I would say, no, nah, I mean, this the 4A is still working just fine. That's fine. 450 is. It's tempting. And, and also, I could talk myself to saying, well, it's don't think of it as spending $450, Andy. Think of it as saving the extra Five hundred and fifty dollars you would be spending on the Pixel Six instead, and you, but you'll save a lot more too, Andy, if you just wait a couple months because you know that this yeah. thing is going to go on sale a ton right around the holiday season, and that's kind of why I am because I was having the same predicament. Okay, so we're look, we're on the topic, folks, of talking about upgrading things. Okay, so Andy and I have been this upgrade haul. We upgraded our computers, we upgraded our cameras this year. Okay, we're upgrading some other accessories. I had to really consider if I wanted to buy a flip or if I want to buy a new phone right now. But then I was thinking, I don't need to buy a new phone right now. A, because it's the job that I do. I have access anyway to the phone that I can try out and use. But all this stuff is going to be super on sale in a couple months. So no, the the ooh, new, I have it as soon as everybody else is not there. But at least... Like, you really don't have to spend full price for this thing. Yeah. Why did I spend full price on the smartwatch? I did. I, I got the LTE smartwatch and I spent two I $230. See, that this is the advantage of, like, being uh, like have being an Apple user in terms of, like, laptops and desktops and tablets. Because, oh, well, they are never, ever, ever going to discount this in any way, shape, or form. In any sort of significant amount of money that's worth, like, waiting for two or three or four months. <laughs> So I, I may as well just like buy it when I want it. Yeah. They're very well, thoughtful that way. Buying a computer though, it's not going to get easy until this chip shortage is no longer a shortage. Like this is just, yeah. just as a side note, before we go into our next break, I have even had friends who've complained that like, it's hard to buy a car right now too, because yeah. of the chip shortage. It's like, anyway, <sighs> The chip in my brain says that it's time for (laughs) us to take a quick break. (laughs) Let me tell you about another show on Relay FM, Focused. If you're struggling to focus, you're not alone. With all the distractions we have, focus seems like a superpower. But hosts David Sparks and Mike Schmitz can show you how. Go to relay.fm slash focused or search for focused wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this has been a, I got to tell you, I was not expecting to write this much about court stuff in the last week. (laughs) But I have to say that because of the current uh, disgraced lawyer storyline that's in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, (laughs) I have gotten, I have been learning so much about like how to read court documents, how to understand these things. And so I feel like I've been able to scan just a little bit better the little nuggets of secrets that are coming out of this Epic versus Google battle. Uh, It started last week and on a Friday afternoon of all things, Epic had a tiny little victory against Google in court. Um, Basically, (laughs) the headline though that was coming out, what was everybody was saying, which was that uh, Google had said it was it, that its sideloading experience was not was not a it's not a good experience. It's a very you know not particularly user friendly and such because uh, they were using it for a, the reason that they didn't want to put 
they wanted Epic Games to be in the Play Store. They didn't want Epic Games to only be a side-loaded app. And so more need-to-know documents are coming out of this court case. And the one that came out today, the day that we're recording this podcast, is that Google apparently has been incubating an idea about bringing its Android games to Mac and Windows. Well, not just Android games, I should say. Um, it, but the reason I bring up Android games is because that would have effectively beaten Amazon to the punch, which is because Amazon is bringing in its app store to Windows 11 this fall. So it would have, you know, it would have started that whole thing a little earlier. But basically everything that um, was revealed in the PDF, it wasn't super redacted which a lot of the documents that are coming out of this case are like really blacked out, missing a lot of very interesting pieces, I'm sure. Um, But we did find out that in October 2020, there was an internal presentation titled Games Futures. Yes, very explicitly, Games Futures. It outlined a five-year plan about how it would leverage Google Play services and all of that giant, beautiful Google Cloud infrastructure to turn Google into the, quote, world's largest gaming platform, unquote, for OS native games. Imagine a cloud-based, well, Steam is cloud-based, but imagine a cloud-based Steam that works not only on your desktop platform of choice and your mobile platform of choice, but they were also thinking about bringing this stuff to the smart display. Yeah. So imagine then that Stadia controller that people, a lot of people like that controller, by the way. I think it's actually a little reminiscent of the PS5. I always confuse the two when I see them. But imagine that controller unlocking a gaming experience on like the little Nest Hub, seven inch Nest Hub that you have on your nightstand. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I I downloaded the PDF and it wasn't uh, the the presentation. It's it's a long one, so it's hard to sort of seventy get pages. Yeah, so it's hard to get through. Also, this was this dropped like kind of recently, so it wasn't. I didn't get all the way through it, but it was super ambitious when I first when I first heard it's hosted about it, by the way at Gizmodo uh, in my article. It's hosted in there, so you can download it directly. Absolutely, and that's that's absolutely where I got it from. And so, yeah. So when I first started looking at it, I thought that, Oh, so meaning they want to do like stadia for Mac stadia mm -hmm, for mm -hmm, this and mm -hmm. maybe Android games that could run on like, no, they want to, it really is more like what's what NVIDIA is doing. It really is uh, more like what steam is doing. Like this is the place that you go for all your gaming experience is Google where if you if you're a PC gamer, you will go to this service on Google that will sell you your games, install your games. Google search will be connected to this gaming world. Uh, your smart display can reflect things like, oh, well, here are the stats for here are the stats on whatever it is that you're playing. Like while it's while it's, while you've been leaving these players alone for the past two days, here's how many people have raided your stashes or whatever it is. I'm not really a gamer. See, I am smiling because no kidding that they're under so much antitrust scrutiny. <laughs> that is like, that's, that's wild. Yeah. That's a big idea. Anything they can't search into is up an opportunity for them. I think that's, that's, they, that's how I, yeah, that's how I ended my articles. Yeah. Like, you know, they wanted to index the world's information, but part of that thing that they haven't indexed yet is games. Yeah. That's, that's when the, that's when a person with a Google account enters like the dark side of the moon where they fall out of radio contact back with Google observation and surveillance. And it kind of burns them that they don't know what that person is up to, what choices they're making while they're transiting the dark side of the moon, so to speak. And so if they could find a way to figure out what people are doing while they're gaming, awesome. As as I didn't as even, concerned. actually, Andy, I didn't even think about that component of it. I was just thinking about, uh, I mean, as an, as a Google user, I would love this because obviously I am super married to the ecosystem. We're in a very long-term committed relationship, even though sometimes <laughs> things, can, things can be really rocky. And, um, but I, you know, till death do us part, I suppose. <laughs> Sorry, that was between me and my husband, not me and Google. Staying together for the sake <laughs> of the Pokemon. <laughs> but no, it, it's just sort of, I was having a really hard time reading through the news for this and understanding it because I was like, isn't this just Stadia? 
but this yeah. this is beyond Stadia. This is like a full on. It was a five year plan that like they were a, outlining. Yeah, yeah. This is not just like a cloud based. Oh, play some games that we have in the cloud. This is like, oh, you want an Android game on your Mac? Here you go. Oh, you want that PS five? You know, works really well on PS five game, but you could just play it here and stream it from the cloud. You could do that from the same app. It was like yeah. that sort of situation. Yeah, or, or, or again, just again, completely native. wasn't always wasn't. I don't think it was a hundred percent a streaming solution. It was uh, again like Steam, where you can uh, there, here is your hub where all the games right, you bought are stored. Mm-hmm. Where you download, you you install them again. The native like binaries for your PC from this place. So again, make sure please please stay on this uh, please stay in this part of the universe where we can track you. We will somehow make it up to you. Do you? This also just makes me think about what a bummer it must be for the way Stadia has been sort of manifesting Yeah, the last couple of months. Because it, it, this year alone, it's just been, it's had the worst, it's had the worst press. It's just been bad after bad after bad, even for, even with all the think pieces about why people should stick with Stadia and why this is like a good idea for the industry as a whole. Like thinking about this and the plans, and by the way, these are not just these are not previous plans of Google's. These are current plans of Google's. October 2020 is when So let's put that into perspective because it actually took me a second to realize that what they were talking about here is still happening. Like yeah. my editor went back and I was like, hold on, girl. Like this is still going on. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Like I was yeah. having a hard time realizing that. So it could still happen. That's yeah. what I mean to say. And it's And it's easy to think about what has been happening with stadia in light of this new revelation where does this mean that because the because google made all these changes moves for stadia in february about shutting down uh shutting down their uh, studios and really acknowledging that this is not let set the world on fire as they had hoped that it would when it was first launched is this does this mean that because this happened in February that this maybe they're not as hot on this idea that they had in October as they are as they were when it was first proposed or is it that no they are so into this new games futures idea that they are scaling back and reconfiguring oh. what their goal, what their goals of Stadia are knowing that well in 2022 we're going to be launching this game portal and Stadia is not going to be as relevant if we're to, if we're trying to tell people no don't stream your games by all means buy them through our store and install them as native apps on your windows machine it's this is all speculation but this is the sort of stuff where when you find an internal document google talking to itself not expecting that other people would ever hear about it that sort of thing really says you know what i'm going to pour myself a a beverage i'm going to have a bucket of ice and more bottles of beverages Uh. nearby i'm going to lean back in said chair put on my the special beard that i only put on when i need some deep deep extended beard stroking time and just get to it epic games really throw a wrench into everything um, I'm, t- I'm telling you I, I gotta I, respect it i gotta I, respect it i i we gotta be grateful to them for it. the whether it's apple whether it's the only time you ever learn anything about how how a company works you got if you sue the pants off them and get far enough that you have to make them turn over documents I think that as part of the tech press, as part of the and maybe the uh, consumer organizations and maybe legislative organizations, they should shut up. Sh- they should set up like dummy shell companies, like fake phone manufacturers and fake software manufacturers, just to create loss. You know what? We really, I, I'm, I'm sick of this cat and mouse game about Apple toying with us about what their plans for this car, for this car or for, uh, for, for the Apple car are. Let's sue them, pretending to be like an autonomous vehicle company, claiming that they're shutting us out of their of the market, just so that we can smoke out some internal documents and finally figure out what it is they're up to. Because I'm, I, I'm not taking, I'm not taking those mid level Apple engineers out to lunch a fourth, fifth, and sixth time <laughs> in the hopes that maybe they'll drop some truth on me. Okay, before we move on to our last little news piece, um, more court docs also revealed that Google provided incentives to phone makers to offer the Play Store on its devices exclusively, shutting out competing app stores. And if you are an Android tinker or a power user, you know that there's a lot of other app stores on there where you can get your APKs and your Android apps. Well, OEMs who participated in Google's, quote, premier device program agreed to block any apps that could install APKs. So that means that those third-party apps would have been like, 
it doesn't work here. Yeah. Ah, I would have yelled. Um, and in return for the OEMs who had participated in that, they would receive a bigger percentage of the Google search revenue generated by the device, a whopping 4% more. So 12% <laughs> versus 8%, which could be a lot, actually. That's, that's half again as much, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, here's here's where it gets interesting. So here's the brands. LG and Motorola received a further enticement in the form of a 3% to 6% cut of the device's revenue from the Play Store itself. My God, this is getting more damning like the more I read it. 90% of LG and Motorola's devices participated in the program. This makes making me think like, which ones was it? <laughs> Most other makers participated as well, though they didn't commit as much to the product line. So I'm wondering if these are mid-range budget phones that were part of this, just because I remember using LG and Motorola's flagships and not really running into this issue. I was thinking that uh, they, the document referred to about 70% of devices from companies like Sony and others that were the, the lesser tier oh, sort Sony. of participants. Oh, Sony. I forgot about I was, Sony. I was thinking that maybe it had to do with international markets where there could be other uh, they there if there's if Samsung is selling a phone in a market where a localized app store makes more sense or is going to be more successful. Perhaps for that specific model of phone, they decided to not participate in that program. But for other phones like in the United States, uh, not, excuse me, not Samsung, but for other other makers that in the United States, they were so oh, yes, absolutely. Please give us more money. More money is more better. Yeah, I was going to say Galaxy apps on the Samsung devices, like they, again, that's where you could get Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> and you that's, can get you know, in the Play Store. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is why all of this is such a treasure trove, because it all we also get to see like Google, the Google Finance Department's investigation into uh, what happens if this, if Epic Games kind of sets off a trend here. And so they did the projections and they dis- they figured out that uh, if uh, that, that potentially the Epic Game Store uh, could cost Google between 350 million to 1.4 billion dollars by 2022, uh, they did another analysis saying uh, estimating that well, what if Samsung and Amazon got onto the same uh, got onto the same ship and decided to create their own Samsung uh, App Store game store uh, apps uh, for any phone, and they hmm. they estimated that if that happened, the losses would be as much as six billion dollars so so with these documents epic has kind of demonstrated how vulnerable google feels (laughs) alternative app installations are going to be also probably the reason why anyone who's participating in this program whereas had to sign non-disclosure agreements and couldn't even acknowledge its existence without written written uh, written approval from google I was going to say earlier, and apologies for interrupting, but I was going to say it really brings, it, it really makes me rethink about the Google that I fell in love with because Android used to just be very open, you know, just that it, they were really pushing that idea of open openness and do what you want to do. But whatever they're pulling the lid off of now... <laughs> It's it's really starting to show their its true colors. Yeah. It's a business after all. Again, never even even with Apple, I think a lot of people have to adjust their thinking when they they don't they don't think of Apple as like a multi-trillion dollar company with interests all across the globe. And so it makes them it puts them in a bad position when they read a story like how Oh, so if I want to get like a special custom uh, words and phrases engraved on my my AirTag, uh, but I, I can uh, there there are extra words that I can't do if I'm living in ha- Hong Kong or Taiwan that, that are a part of the banned words list in China that are like politically sensitive. Oh, and it turns out that they're not actually required to do so by China. They're just trying not to offend. Okay. I guess they're a two trillion dollar company after all. They're not just two hippies in a garage trying to heal the world through technology. Not anymore, babies. Um, okay, extremely quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna do a quick little last news item. Okay, so I like the idea of a find my device network. Granted, we already have this with Android, but I like the idea of something a little more interconnected the way that Apple's, I guess, is 
is turning out to be. So there's actually some evidence that Android's been working, Android, that Google's been working <laughs> on a Find My Device network for Android, not only in locating lost phones, devices, Chromebooks, things of that sort, but also your vehicle. And this vibes very much with what Google's been trying to do with Android Automotive. So the idea is if you have Android built into your car and somebody steals it, which is a possibility. These things happen. Or actually, I don't know if this would work like in a parking garage. I'm just sort of assuming what it would be used for because we we don't quite know. We only know hints from an APK teardown, which 9to5Google covered. They found code in APK teardown that suggests Google's going to expand Find My Device exactly like how Apple has been. So instead of relying solely on the lost phone or device identifying its own location and reporting in, you know, pinging the cloud, here's where I was last found, millions of Android devices that spot it while passing can actually report its location as marked or lost. Anyway, the other thing that you can do with the Find My Device Network is you can have multiple owners for the different devices. So if you're a parent or you own a small business, you can keep track of where all those devices have gone if they get lost. Um, And if your car has Android Automotive, from what I read in the APK teardown, my understanding is that it will sync, like it's still going to sync that location in the cloud the way that your phone or laptop would if it got lost. But it's also going to have um, uh, account expiration, or not even expiration, but uh, account... uh, Logs you out of your account, so nobody <laughs> nobody messes with your stuff. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's, Andy, I'm so it's, tired. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. It's okay. No, there's they. It's it's this is part of the uh, not cat and mouse game between Apple and Google, but like the cat and cat game, where it's like every mm. t- or maybe the better analogy would be the grass is greener on the other side to to 1950s 1960s like suburban uh, families, the adults, the, 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 the light inside of them, their souls, their hearts burned out long ago to be replaced with the, the, the filling up that hole with empty consumerism and the outer trappings of success to impress okay. neighbors you're, and you're friends and family members. Subtweeting I'm going, me. I'm <laughs> exactly. So, but, but, but it's like Apple and Google, they they work their best when they're like, Ooh, Simpson, Simpson just got his lawn, lawn reseeded. Perhaps we should get our lawn reseeded. And while we're at it, let's get, let's, let's put in that, that plum tree we wanted. And then, Ooh, Stupid my neighbor just Flanders. got a plum tree. Maybe we should get a plum tree <laughs> and a gazebo. So this is, this is where we, as kids, we want these two adults fighting each other because we always win so when apple improves when apple improves like their find my device network google says actually that really is a good idea we're going to steal this idea to improve our own find my device (laughs) network so not only being able to have that thing where it's just by virtue of the fact that someone with an android device happened to walk past the place where i dropped my phone or where someone stole my phone uh, but not only that, but also the idea that uh, let's also improve what happens when we decide that, look, we don't want this stuff falling to our my information falling to the wrong hands. So let's get more power to remote wipe all of our data so that if we've well, I would much rather get my phone back and have to restore my phone than not get my phone back and worry about someone having access to I don't know what 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 my what my high scores are on whatever the hot game of the day is. Well, in a car, I can imagine it would have access to like all your location data. It would yeah. have access to your, you know, maybe your phone calls that you've made, like that sort of <laughs> your Spotify playlist. That's <clears throat> that sort of like really deeply embedded thing. I mean, you, sh- you shouldn't have to defend your your Donna Summer playlist. She was one hell of a vocalist. She was also very funky. Did you know that she was my first concert? Really. Good yeah, choice. when I was seven, my parents took me to see Donna Summer at Caesars Tahoe. <laughs> what, was that before she found God, uh, when she was still funky, or after she found God and she? It was re- after repented? because because I remember she brought her her husband was there playing guitar. Like uh, this is when she was just like living her good life and just singing at casinos to make money. So I went to a casino when I was seven. Listen, my parents are very young. <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking about this particular Find My Network? Uh, you lose your. F- I wish I could help iPhone people with this because more yeah. often than not, the phones that I find left behind in a bathroom stall or on a seat on the train, they're usually iPhones. But mm. I can't help you. 
my phone won't ping to let me know that you're missing your phone. So really what they should do is create a global network. <laughs> yes. Where every electronic device that everyone connects to, everyone owns, is always being tracked by every other device. And these other strange devices are always reporting on where all these devices are. Perhaps they could also affect pacemakers so that people who have electronics embedded inside their bodies couldn't opt out of this. And then if from there, it's only a small step towards mandating having electronic tracking devices installed inside everybody. <laughs> I got to stop now because I'm getting too happy. Um, I can actually track like pretty much the top six people in my life. I can, I can track them right now through Google maps or other means. It, it's where we are now, folks. Just yeah. just really trackable, you know? Which is why if you're going to go do something bad, you need to think about how to not get traced. Yes. <laughs> Leave the we, phone at home. Put it on I, airplane mode. Don't, like, just don't even turn it on. Exactly. Just, just you know, buy, or at least buy one of those copper bags and toss it in there. It's. Oh, yeah. I forgot. A Faraday, a Faraday bag. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, yeah, I don't know if they're actually called a Faraday bag, but yeah. Uh, that's how you know it's the end of the show because now we're just like. Now we've 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 been we've been in front of our microphones for so long. We've used up most of the usable oxygen inside the office, and now oxygen narcosis is starting to slip in. So perhaps we should wrap up. Well, I really appreciate everybody for tuning in this week. Um, I gotta say, if you like the idea of us collaborating with other people on Relay FM, keep tweeting. <laughs> that was a great idea. So, so, someone suggested we essentially well, that we basically do like a uh, that, that we we do like a, a guest slot, a co-host slot uh, with Rocket, and that would be pretty cool. That so would be a lot of fun. We're, we're actually working. We, we've had we've had great internal sign on sign on in this uh, in this proposal, and it will almost certainly happen. Yeah, in all sincerity, um, I know that we kept telling you all about the bonus episodes that's supposed to be coming out. We are going to be recording it in the next couple of weeks. Now I'm just kind of getting my schedule sussed out. Summer is summer is hard for like projects. Just the general nature of it. But don't worry, we're going to get back on track. And we just want to thank everybody for being patient with us in the weeks that, you know, sometimes schedules are hard. And Andy and I both have full-time jobs <laughs> So, <laughs> in addition to this. So... And the and it's, the and the good news is that in in many ways we consider this a break from like the stress of a date of, of of the full time job. So we enjoy getting this chance not only to talk to each other but also to talk to you. Yeah, so. I mean, this is basically you know. And if you enjoy what you what you have here, we, we would really appreciate you becoming a member of the show because you're basically you're basically inspiring Annie and I to keep having our conversations on the record because it's essentially <laughs> what's happening here. Which is why I digress like 12 times before we even got to the end. But that's why you guys listen to us and we really appreciate that. So if that's something that's in your heart, there's a lot of perks. Oh, and we're actually having a fundraiser next month. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And for the third consecutive year, Relay FM is supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. We are going to find cures. We're going to save children. And you can do that by donating money. That's next month. We will catch you all up on that really soon. We're going to get our bonus episode recorded. But next, Andy and I are going to get some sleep. That's what we're going to do. Um, so we want to thank everybody. It's uh, I'm 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 anxious to wrap things up tonight because my reward for uh, I've just had a cancellation. Uh, I normally do uh, NPR in Boston like every Friday. Usually. Go to WGHnews.org. You can stream last week's and earlier ones just by searching for my name. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because of breaking news in Boston, I just I just heard like just before recording that uh, the that I'm not going to be on tomorrow. So I have a the day off, and suddenly thinking that if I go to bed early tonight, I can go to instead of spending like the entire morning. Uh, pre preparing for the show and then 1 p.m. until 1.30 a.m. doing the show, I could go out to breakfast at a diner and then maybe go to the beach and be immersed in seawater. Please in, go do that tomorrow. I should probably do I'm, that. I'm, I think that would be a no, positive you, thing. You better do that. I'm going to check in and make sure that you did it on Slack, okay? <laughs> um, also, I 
just want to thank you, Andy, for staying up till 1 a.m. to do this podcast with me. Because <laughs> thank God Andy is a night owl because this whole East Coast, West Coast thing sometimes is a little hard to coordinate. <laughs> well, fortunately, this is not like East Coast, West Coast rap beef. This is good. This is good beef. This is the beef that you would make a really good meatball out of. Well, that's a bad analogy because you'd probably also, if it was a really good one, you'd also want to mix pork and maybe a little bit of lamb in in the grind. Oh my God, he's going old country with the meat, folks. Oh Oof. my God, Italian Italian grandmother almost every Sunday at her house having its Z O M G. That's why I married my Italian husband, so he could just make me pasta. And he does. He makes me a lot of pasta. So it's a good pasta is a good life. Um, As for me, if you want to go check out the stuff I've been writing for Gizmodo, flowrights.tech. That is my little URL. It takes you to my author page. It's a little easier than going to gizmodo.com and looking for my name. But, you know, you should also go to gizmodo.com and see what all my colleagues have written because we do a lot of hard work. So, and you know what? want to thank you again for being here. We're going to get some rest. And then next week, next week, we'll have more to talk about. Until then. Have a happy. 